0: He acts like a teenage boy with me. Hey mom, don't be so emotional or don't be so touchy feely, I'm a boy. But I know he's also incredibly tapped into my whole psyche and emotions. Welcome to the Only Child Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Wallace. Have you ever felt like you didn't receive the how-to brochure on life? that you didn't get enough guidance about major life issues? So did I. You don't have to be an only child to feel this way. In my podcast, we'll explore some of the best ways to better navigate adulthood, while doing so with humor and light. Welcome everyone to the Only Child Diaries podcast. Before I get into today's topic, I want to preview next week's episode. It will be my interview with author Starr Bradbury, who wrote the book, Navigating Your Parents' Senior Years. Now you may not have parents, you may not have senior parents, or you might think your parents have it all together. Maybe you have other aging adults around you that you care about or the aging adult might be you. Back in December, I did an episode about my own journey caregiving for my parents who have passed away. And I sure wish I had Star's book then. And even now I can name at least 10 people who could really benefit from this book in the near future. I hope you'll listen. Star and I could have gone on for hours. There's so much to discuss on this topic and I find it so interesting even now. Today, I'm gonna talk about not giving up hope and really finding hope. I'm gonna focus this discussion around my cat, Bubby and his recent health scare. But as is the case with many of my stories, it's not just about a cat, it's about so much more. So keep listening, even if you don't like cats. It's interesting that for so many years of my life, I really didn't like cats, and I thought cats didn't like me. (laughs) Well, I was horribly allergic to them. Just walking into a house that had cats would send my allergies into a tailspin. I didn't have to actually see the cat or even be in the same room. I'm over all that now. It's funny how your body works sometimes. And I've come to appreciate and love cats more than I ever thought I could. I've heard that animals choose you, you don't choose them. And I think for Bubby, that's certainly true. My boy was dumped at the barn where our horses and fortunately for him on a 75 acre property, he was left near my stall. I found out later that he had been owned by a woman in Bakersfield, which is about a hundred miles from here who had other cats and gave him to her trainer, her horse trainer or riding instructor. In the horse world, we call riding instructors trainers. They train the horse and they train riders. Anyway, it ended up that this trainer was the one who left Bubby at the barn and he didn't even leave him at his area of the barn. When Bubby showed up, Bill and I had our last bunny at home, Holly. She was quite elderly. And although I had never had a cat, I wouldn't have wanted to risk Holly's safety by bringing him home. He was quite young and energetic. And also he was much loved and adored at the barn by the other folks there being a black and white tuxedo cat, some people called him Sylvester, after the cartoon character. A friend of mine and I called him Miss Kitty, because we were confused by his gender. And then we learned his name with the previous trainer, and his husband had been Spanks, a cat of many names. I say he was lucky to be left by my stall because at night I would try to make sure he was settled into our feed room, safe from the coyotes that prowl around the property. I got him a bed and he would eat and then snuggle up into it and I would kiss his little head every night before I left. But he wasn't used to being outside all the time and at first he wasn't sure what had happened to him you could see it in his face. When we finally brought him home after Holly passed away, Bill and I simply called him Kitty. We had since found out he was a male. (laughs) And then as is the case, we started with some nicknames. And Bub eventually became Bubby. (laughs) Yes, a Jewish grandmother, but it just seems to suit him. He can also be the Bubbinator, Bubbernickel, Bubblicious, I, I could go on. <laughs> he is an indoor-only cat now and greatly enjoys his creature comforts, like blankets, chairs, the bed, pillows, even an old suitcase. He's always mixing it up and reinventing where he likes best to sleep. He also has many windows to look out at squirrels, Birds, feral cats, raccoons, and other creatures. Now, Bubby is all boy. He acts like a teenage boy with me. Hey, mom, don't be so emotional, or don't be so touchy feely. I'm a boy. But I know he's also incredibly tapped into my whole psyche and emotions. He's very sensitive to everything that's going on with me and it really affects him. Like all my animals, I love him deeply. Even though he seems pretty stoic most of the time, I know that he's super sensitive to what happens to me. The time I had kidney stones, they were moving down the pipeline, so to speak. Oh, wow. (laughs) I couldn't help, but do some screaming in our apartment. It wasn't long after that, that I had to take Bubby to the emergency vet. He had started having his own urinary emergency. He was having trouble peeing. It's common with male cats. He's only had that happen three times in his life with us. And this was one of them. I started to notice a trend when I really wasn't feeling well myself or something was going wrong at home. Bubby would have some health emergency himself. And then there was my recent knee surgery. I had been in pain for months and walking was so hard, but then post-op, oh, I had some dark days. Having both knees operated on at the same time was bound to cause some discomfort, right? Heck, I even made Bill cry at one point. Bubby knew something was going on, and I tried to be as brave as I could be, but I definitely had my own issues going on. Pain meds only go so far. At one point, the week or so after my surgery, I heard Bubby, and was he hacking up a hairball? It was hard for me to get up and go see what was going on, but no, there was no hairball. Then I kept hearing that noise again and again. What was going on? Again, I was suffering my own issues and it was hard to be super attentive to anything else. At this point, point. one night I managed to get on our bed. I had been sitting and sleeping on one of the recliners, but I managed to get on the bed this night and Bubby got up with me and laid down next to me. I felt so touched that he was close. Then he started this episode. I got smart and took a video of him. Was it a cough? He didn't have a hairball. I emailed the video to our vet and she prescribed a course of antibiotics. But as the days went by, it still wasn't getting any better. And that worried me. The vet said to bring him in for an X-ray that he might have asthma. Asthma? Cats get asthma? I noticed that Bubby wasn't feeling his usual perky self. He wasn't maybe eating as much and he wasn't playing as much, but again, I was suffering my own issues. I ended up having four rounds of oral antibiotics to combat a UTI that wouldn't go away and coupled with two visits to the ER after my surgery. It's sometimes hard to get in to see the doctor you need to see. We finally got his x-ray done, and at first, they said he did have asthma and gave us steroid pills. Five days later, the radiology report was back. That was a long time to wait, and our vet emailed me to say that they saw a mass in his lung. I had no idea the other shoe was about to drop. The steroids were starting to help him. The episodes were hard to watch. He was struggling so much. To say that Bill and I were devastated is an understatement. Cancer, nothing can drop you to your knees, either literally or figuratively, like that word. He clearly wasn't feeling great. Sure, he wasn't a young cat anymore. He was 11, but certainly not at the end of his life either we were referred to an internal medicine vet. I wondered what our vet was. This was confusing to me. I thought about it in terms of human medicine. Wasn't our regular vet an internal medicine kind of vet. Well, no, I found out that an internal medicine vet is a vet who has more specialized knowledge of vet care. Our regular vet was more of a generalist. Of course, we had to wait to get an appointment. In these post-COVID times, you have to wait for a lot of healthcare kinds of things, even for your pets. The internal medicine vet who was at the same facility where we take our pets for emergencies was great. She gave us options, other things to think about. She said that Bubby might have a fungal infection in his lungs, and so they took blood for that it would take time to get the results. In the meantime, we could hold on to that hope and it was something easy to fix. And they did an ultrasound to rule out any involvement in other parts of his body. Besides being a little on the chonky side, Bubby was clean, but sadly the results came back that he did not have a fungal infection. And we had to face the fact that it was most likely cancer. During this time, we would look at Bubby and wonder how could this be? Still, he was low on energy, but he, he kept his weight. He was alert and he wanted to be petted. Now I've learned not to take things at face value or to take what's handed to me, even by experts or even settle. And so I started looking at alternative options to gather information. I spoke to the animal communicator. I'll say this about communicators. I consult them when I'm really out of other options. I try to take the information I get and fill in the missing pieces. I try to use the information I get to confirm what I already know. And because the woman I use is also a vet tech, I hope to get some additional basic knowledge. I don't necessarily think that everything said is a hundred percent. Well, this conversation didn't go very well. She didn't see great things in his future. It certainly wasn't what I wanted to hear, but she confirmed part of what I already knew. Bobby was enjoying his life with us and knew that he was loved and didn't want any extraordinary measures. He didn't want to feel any pain from treatment. Say what you will about animal communicators, but I think this is sometimes an important message for us animal lovers to keep in mind. Veterinary science being what it is today, there is a lot that can be done, but does that mean it should be done? My mom was one person who wanted every extenuating measure for her dogs, at least near the end of her life. You have to keep in mind a couple of things. My mom had Parkinson's and had a bit of dementia sometimes, although she mostly appeared to others as functional. She tried really hard. And the second thing, she was really afraid of death, her own death for sure. But I think death in general, I think these two things combined made it easy for her to hold on to hope for her dogs, no matter what, She didn't know when to let go. I was around for the last two dogs. The second to the last was Clementine, the dog we had when my dad passed away. And I wasn't sure how she would handle another loss so quickly. We racked up a huge bill at the vet, which took us months to pay off. There's a lot you can do at the end, but sometimes the body just can't respond as favorably as we hope. So back to Bubby. I also found a holistic vet, and I spoke to his assistant, a great woman who was a wealth of information. She told me, and I I don't know if it's really true or not, but I was willing to hold on to any bit of hope that I could, that lung tumors grow very slowly. I worked on sending over all our medical records in preparation for a phone consultation with this vet. I was happy that I could just talk to him on the phone because taking bubs to the vet is a stressful thing for him. We have medication to sedate him, but I know it's still a lot for him. He's basically a homebody. The next phase was to talk to the surgeon and see what they could offer us. In the meantime, Bubby was starting to feel better. Yes, he was having up to maybe 12 episodes a day. They cautioned us against giving him the steroid pills because it would not allow first for an accurate diagnosis and then it wouldn't allow him to heal from surgery. But now I wasn't sure. I really wanted him to be put through all that. They had a cat skeleton in the consultation room we were in and looking at the rib bones, It was hard to imagine them going in between these very, very small delicate bones to pull out a tumor, let alone part of the lung and how much pain that would cause. I did have my mind made up that day that I would ask for a new X-ray. I wanted to see if the mass had grown or stayed the same. It had been about a month since the first X-ray, And that would tell me a lot about where we were going. We listened to the surgeon and his assistant and said we would think about the surgery. And then I asked for the x-ray. They pretty much looked at me like I was crazy, but they did it. Well, early the next morning, another vet from the facility called me to say (laughs) that the mass was gone. I shared that the previous day I had gotten strange looks asking for the x-ray. And this vet said that my gut instinct was right. Still, what had they seen initially? Most likely I was told it was an inflammation. After I got off the phone, I ran in to tell Bill the news and we both cried with relief. After that, Bubby really seemed to know, and he perked up almost immediately. He started strutting around, he held his tail higher, and he started playing again. He is simply our wonder cat, and we love him even more than ever. But now we were still having these episodes. Although they did start to become less and less frequent, it was still a hard thing to watch. There are actually inhalers for cats but I just can't imagine putting that around his face. The regular vet wanted me to start giving him the steroid pills again, but that can have so many other side effects. Since Bubby is a bit on the heavy side, diabetes would be the main concern. I did end up talking to the holistic vet and that was an interesting experience. I had hoped that the hour consultation would take a natural flow of me sharing our experience, him asking questions, and giving me direct advice. It was more like talking to a slightly manic ADHD person who told stories about other people who seemingly didn't have any direct relation to us. But his assistant was very grounded, thank goodness, and she sent me the holistic medicines he suggested. Using these, plus keeping our windows and doors closed, since the pollen count has been high this year and adding a humidifier has helped. At least he's down to having maybe one or two episodes a week instead of 12 a day. And he continues to play every day with his toys. When he wakes me up at 4am and then 6am because he wants to eat, I don't mind. I'm happy to have him around and I'm happy. He's doing as well as he is. He's my boy. Bubby's story reminds me that first of all, every day is a gift and most importantly, to never ever give up hope. It also reminds me that we got incredibly lucky. I know not all stories end like this, and I still watch him like a hawk. And then there's our Walter, the now 21 year old barn cat who came to live with us last year. He lived at the barn where our horse is for many years and was the unofficial barn mascot to so many. A big long haired orange boy, he's defied the odds. But last September, he somehow broke his back foot. My friend, Natalie called me and long story short, we started the long process of weekly vet visits and splint changes and questioning ourselves. Should we have opted for the surgery to put tiny pins and rods into a cat foot at age 20, a cat with kidney disease? Well, I'm here to tell you that Walter is still doing remarkably well after having healed his foot. He doesn't limp now. And he has mellowed a lot becoming a house cat. He doesn't have to worry about being chased by dogs or coyotes or raccoons at the barn. And he spends his day sleeping and eating, mostly. And he loves to be brushed. This is a surprise, since at the barn, he really risked life and limb to just pet him. So I'm here to tell you, don't ever assume. Don't ever give up. And keep having hope. There's always hope. Sometimes hope is all we have. Animals, like life, will surprise you. That's all I've got for today. Next week, look for my interview with author Star Bradbury. I hope you'll join us. If you like this episode, please follow the Only Child Diaries podcast on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you might listen on and consider rating Only Child Diaries and writing a review. It helps others to find us. Please share it with a friend you think might like it as well Visit my Instagram page, Only Child Diaries, or Facebook, Only Child Diaries Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Tracy Wallace, and these are The Only Child Diaries.